to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're joining us today, both in person and online. Today, yes, we're going to learn how to kick some metaphysical ass. And, and I think maybe I need to do just the littlest bit of explanation around what we mean by being a badass in terms of metaphysics, right? So I think we're all familiar with action heroes uh, on TV and in the movies. And that idea of the badass, of course, is someone who really goes out of their way against all odds to make some kind of a difference in the world. Often we're not even really sure what motivates them other than a a sense of just needing to prove themselves right in the world. Well, a metaphysical badass is someone that has those same kind of convictions on the inside first. Someone that wants to stand for truth in a way that's going to overcome all obstacles. Someone who stands for goodness or joy or peace in a way that is not going to be dissuaded by other people's opinions, other ideas, the, the way the world presents itself. To truly be a, a metaphysical badass, we have to be able to look around us and see things that aren't quite the way that they ought to be, but know that the change isn't an external force it's an internal force it's that willingness to go within and and actually become the thing that's important to us if we want to see more peace in the world the metaphysical badass figures out ways to to be peace to to envelop their surroundings in peace the metaphysical badass looks around and sees inequity in the world, whether it's uh, racial injustice or other things. They, they do what they need to do on the outside, yes, but first they make sure that their own hearts and minds are pure around equality. Does it make sense? So we've got some help. Jen Sincero's book, You Are a Badass, we're using this month. And so far we've talked about, first of all, rethinking how we treat ourselves. If we're going to be a badass in the world, we certainly need to know our own power. We certainly need to understand that we have to be in some measure in approval of, in love with, in some ways, our own selves, what we stand for, who we are. And so we've spent a couple weeks talking about this healing of the heart and the mind that allows us to really look at our own lives with positivity, to know that I'm worthy of having the good life, to know that, that what I want to accomplish out in the world, that I'm up for it, that I can do it, that it's within my purview to act out in the world, to bring about greater peace or greater love. And although I think that work will perhaps never be done, if you think about it, when are you ever leaving off becoming more you? Because that's what I'm talking about, really. I'm not talking about you becoming someone different, becoming someone you're not. I'm saying, really, it's the authenticity of what you stand for here. And when does that stop? When are we fully made? I don't know that that ever happens. But I do know that we're ready now to take some steps. I think through these last couple of weeks, we've gotten that idea of I'm worth it. I'm capable of it. And now, so what is the it? 
how do we want to start making our mark in the world? How do we want to move that bad acidness out of our out of our hearts and out of our minds out into the world? And so uh, Jen Sincero has three tips that I want to cover with you today. And the first one is how we go about making decisions. So often I find that people are hesitant to make a decision. And by that, they make a decision to not do something, but to try to do something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, sure, I'll make a commitment to that, and we'll see how it works out. <laughs> right in the get-go, even as I'm announcing what I'm going to do, I'm already backtracking a little bit, and I hope it turns out right. I'm already giving myself permission to go halfway or to give it a try and see what happens. A badass is all in. Someone who really is going to make their mark on the world is all in. You know, Sincero talks about Henry Ford and some of the early experiences building the automobile engine. And at one point, he decided that to get a vehicle with enough power that it could do more than, you know, just power a single person around, that they needed a, a six or eight cylinder engine. And he decided that really for this to stand up to the, the rigors of internal combustion, if you think about it, it's like little explosions inside each one of those pistons and he said it really needed to be cast in a solid block so no nothing that is going to be screwed together that that would be able to withstand the explosions of the internal combustion mass and so he sent off his engineers and uh, they came back to him after a couple months of trying to figure out how to how to cast it and the uh, or how to drill it or the different ways they could come up with this and they said well mr ford it can't be done you know, we've talked to everybody. We've, we've even corresponded with Europe and this kind of casting has never been done before. And we're not even sure that it's theoretically possible. Uh, well, apparently Henry Ford was one of those people, one of those kind of nevertheless guys. And so he looked at them and said, nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll give you a couple more months, but we're going to do this thing. You know, you're the brightest engineers on the planet, or, or at least uh, that he had hired, uh, figure it out. And so they went back and they were giving him progress reports and still nothing was happened. They, they managed to cast a, a, a dual cylinder, but as soon as it, as soon as they would build up the, the, the casting apparatus, they started having failures in it. It would warp and do different things so that the cylinders wouldn't be lying. And, and I know I, I was learning way more about how to cast parts than, than I probably could even talk to you. But basically they came back to him after eight months now and said we still can't do it we've tried everything within the realm of uh, i mean we've even we've even just tried things that seemed crazy uh, different alloys different materials to try to make this work and it doesn't work well apparently he just folded his arms and looked at them and said guess what nevertheless <laughs> We're going to do this because the future of this, I want to build a truck that can actually haul things. I want to build something that is more than just a buggy for hauling one or two people around. And the kind of engines we're building right now, that's all it's ever going to be. We need something powerful if we want to move into the idea of trucks. 
this was before there were trucks, right? I mean, we're all familiar with the freeway littered with trucks hauling things. So how do we get from here to there? It took them two and a half years before they finally were able to begin casting an eight-cylinder engine in one block. Now, he had made the decision that that's what was going to happen. The engineers under him, not so much, right? We'll try this out. Well, I think we could try this, and I think we could try that. and Well, we could always try a different material. But do you see, they never actually had it in their mind, and that's why it took so long, probably. They never really had it into their mind, this is what we're going to do, and seeing the end product in mind. And in fact, one of the engineers that eventually, it really was a materials issue. They were using the wrong kind of materials to be casting. And it, and it finally was him having a vision of, of ways of strengthening the material that they used. He was able to see beyond the problem into the solution, and that's what finally got them there. But after two and a half years, are you willing to make that kind of a commitment around your decisions? A badass will be. In fact, if you've noticed any of those uh, action movies, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what isn't the hero or heroine willing to do, right? They're willing to get on airplanes and go to places they've never been before. They're, you know, willing to climb 200 foot buildings on the outside with suction cups. All those action adventure movies, right? They're willing to do anything because what they are seeking is so important to them that it's no holds barred. It's, it's like, I'm in, I'm in for it. I can see where I want to go. I can visualize and understand what's important to me. I'm willing to do what it takes. If I have to learn a new skill, if I have to invite other people that have more knowledge than I am. Henry Ford was not necessarily a materials expert, right? He had to hire that. He had the vision, but he had to involve other people to get from here to there. So this isn't necessarily a decision you have to do on your own. But you have to have that commitment to actually getting it done. And I wanted to close this little bit of a section here with a famous quote. So those of you who enjoy science fiction, see if you can identify this particular quote. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yes, exactly. So let's take the words of Yoda, right? No, no, d don't give this a, a try. Make a commitment. It's what the badass would do. All right, the second thing I want to talk about, and you'll immediately know where I'm going as soon as I announce the section of this title, it's doing versus spewing, <laughs> and, and I'll use an example when I when I first went to work for the telephone company at that time you either started as a telephone operator or as a data entry clerk and I did not picture myself you know with the cords and things like that so I went the data entry route and so I found myself in in downtown Portland in a lovely building and what would happen was there would be a teletype machine over here and it would just chug away all day shooting out these seven-piece forms. And my job was to, to break them open and turn them into 
to, to flat little orders and then walk them over to another desk and put them down. And then when there were about a hundred of them there, I would sit down and whatever was written on that teletype, I would type it into another machine. And that's what I did for eight hours. I'd go over here, wait till there was about a hundred of these orders. Then I'd go over here and sit down and type them out. <laughs> I got to tell you, I think it only took three days before I realized I would kill myself <laughs> before very long in that job, right? It was mindless and horrible, and they rated you on how fast you were and how accurate you were, and it was not, it was not what you would call a fulfilling job. And so what did most of the people who work there do? They complained about it. On breaks, the cafeteria was one big complaint fest. Everybody talked about how bad... Well, and that's interesting. They called it bad working conditions. Actually, the conditions were good. It was a nice building. It was a... a you know, there wasn't anything wrong with the conditions, but the job itself just so mind-numbing. And so people talked about how bad the supervisors were and, and how terrible the teletype machine was clattering away all day and how the machine we had to type into was terrible and how terrible even the co-workers were and on and on and on. And I, after going into the break room two or three times, I said, well, if the job wasn't bad enough, Talking about it is even worse. Literally talking about it not only was uh, making me kind of brain dead, uh, but it also gave me the impression that life wasn't worth living, like this was going to be the end of my days in this job. First of all, I stopped going to the break room. I mean, it was better just to sit at my desk than to listen to all the negativity. Uh, but I noticed there was someone else who likewise wasn't going into the break room. And so I became friends with a woman named Bobby. And she and I put our heads together one day and we just said, you know, we're tired of complaining. We're tired of this, this job that's kind of sucking our souls. What could we possibly do to make it interesting or fun. And so we started competing against each other and whoever got the most orders done by the end of the day with the fewest mistakes would buy drinks that night. <laughs> now, of course, you, you all know that my history of, of the drinks didn't come to necessarily a good end, but I will tell you that the process of turning it into a game, of really intentionally doing our work for some good purpose, even if it was only the game of buying each other drinks at the end of the day, completely transformed that. We went from just spewing about the job into doing something about it. What can I do to make my world better? Not just talk about it, and in particular, not just complain about it, but what can I do to make my life better? And that is something that a badass is always looking for. A badass does not just sit back and notice everything going wrong and turning to someone to the side and saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
A badass is going to step up and do something to make life better. But I do have one more thing that I need to talk about. We've talked about making decisions, making a commitment, and we've talked about doing versus spewing. But there's one element that I think those other two things are not going to go well unless we have this third piece. And initially you're going to say, now wait a minute, how does that fit in here? Because the third subject that we need to talk about today is surrender. And I got to tell you, when you, you see any of those action movies, you're not seeing surrender. So let me first of all explain what I mean by surrender, because often we think that surrender is giving up. And that is something, of course, that a badass never does. This isn't about giving up or giving in to circumstances, but it is willingness to give up knowing the whole how it's going to happen. So often when you're a badass, you have a vision of the end product, but you don't know all the steps. Now, if Henry Ford had known all the steps necessary to make that engine block in one piece, well, that would have been sweet, right? But he was not diminished by the fact of knowing how it's going to happen. He simply surrendered to the process of having some very talented metallurgists and engineers around, knowing that over time and with experimentation, that it would have a good outcome. And so that's the part three of being a badass, is being willing to surrender, knowing from end to end how it's going to happen. In the science of mind, we talk about that in terms of really surrendering the how to spirit. Spirit is that infinite wealth of all knowledge and all experience. Spirit is, has been, and will be the source of all knowledge uh, of everything on this planet. And so in spirit, there is the knowledge, the technology, and the wherewithal to do anything you could ever dream of. And so at some point, we have to be willing to surrender our own ego, who can't know everything, who can't possibly know every bit of what's going to happen or what could happen or what should happen. We have to surrender that up to something bigger than ourselves. It is enough that you have the vision it is enough that you have the commitment. It is enough that you're going to stop whining about it and start working it on it. That, that is for you to do. Figuring out every little detail, you can surrender that up. Now, that doesn't say that you're not going to participate in it, right? Because one of the other things that we know about science of mind is, is to make progress in the world. What is progress? Well, it's a forward step, and it's a forward step. So we know that we're going to be involved in taking steps towards our goal. We, we make our pronouncement, and we move forward, right? We have our vision of the future, and we are willing to work towards it. But that's enough, we do not have to plot out the whole shebang ahead of time. We do not have to know how every little piece is going to fall in place. We simply have to know that every little piece is going to fall into place and be willing to take the next step. So I have a summary for you today of what we've learned, but I think first a joke. So a martial arts instructor, a marksman, 
and an engineer are invited to participate in a contest to see who's the most badass. Their contest is a simple one. They're each allowed to bring a weapon of their choice to the arena, and the rules are the first person to draw blood wins. So the martial arts instructor walks in with a huge long sword. It must weigh 20 pounds. The marksman walks in with a double-barreled shotgun. And the engineer shows up with a red marker. <laughs> Are you a metaphysical badass? I think so. So let me summarize. We covered three key concepts that can really move you forward in your badassery. First of all, decisions and commitments. Are you willing to stay the course? Are you willing to actually do instead of try? The second one is doing versus spewing. I, I ask you, when is complaining actually useful? The only time complaining is ever useful is if it provides some motivation for doing something. So if we're already going to do something, let's just stop complaining about it, right? There is actually no need. And then the third thing that we talked about is never to surrender the what of your dreams, but surrender the how. You do not need to know everything up front. You simply have to be willing to hold fast to that idea of the, of the finished product, the idea that you want to see born in the world. And when you hold fiercely onto that, when that is your focus, all of the steps will fall into place. Well, I do have a little bit of homework for some of you today. You get to decide whether this homework is for you or not. Is there a decision that you've been putting off? Is there a, perhaps been some spewing going on rather than doing? So if either of those is true for you, I would like you to make the commitment to yourself to stop the spewing and start the doing to move forward in that commitment of the better life. And it, it might be better in terms of a relationship. It might be better in terms of your working conditions. It might be better in terms of your home or your neighborhood. But what have you been spewing about lately? And let's turn that into a commitment to doing. I'm going to close with a, a final quote from uh, Jen Sincero's book and a prayer. She says, give yourself the permission and the means to be who you are, regardless of what anyone else thinks or believes is possible. Do not deny yourself the life you want to live because you're worried you're not good enough or that you'll be judged or that it's too risky or that it's too hard. Because who does that benefit? Who does the spewing benefit? No one. That's who you are powerful. You are loved. You are surrounded every day by miracles. Believe, really believe that what you desire is here and available to you. And then and only then you shall have it. Love yourself because you are a badass. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life one goodness. It is the sum of all things, and it is always present, always available. And I know that means me. 
I know that this spirit is moving through me to accomplish so many things in my world. Truly making a commitment, truly being able to know that I'm on the path towards a better life of my, of my making. I'm willing to surrender myself to the how while keeping it firmly in mind what it is that I choose to accomplish. And as it is true for me, I know it is true or can be true for everyone that it is possible to make that commitment, to begin that process of doing even the audacious things necessary to bring about a better life, taking action to make things better, surrendering the how always to spirit, allowing ourselves the time and the resources to accomplish all of our goals. And for this, I'm grateful. For this, I simply release this prayer into the activity and action of the law, that law that always says yes, that law that is always here to support and guide. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm going to do the offering blessing in just a minute. You know, I get uh, letters and emails from people all the time thanking us for allowing us into their homes in various parts of the world. And, and, and I thought, you know, maybe I ought to start reading some of them so that you know how our, our message of science of mind and empowerment is moving out into the world. And so let me, uh, let me share this one letter with you. Uh, Dear spiritual family, I pray this finds you well and blessed in so many ways. I hope that this small contribution may continue to allow you to share the word with so many and impact the lives of those you may never meet. I am thoroughly enjoying this month's sermon and lessons and look forward to Pastor Larry's jokes. You see, I actually have a fan. (laughs) But wait, there's more. May you continue to do the amazing work you are doing and always offering a place at the table for those who have been tossed away so often. Many blessings. And uh, this is from a, a gentleman who's in a correctional facility right now. So bless you all for your support. It goes well beyond what's happening in this particular room, as we know. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.